1: Learn more at marines.com.
0: Well, before you interrupted uh, an incredible conversation, I was asking about <laughs> the, the kid from Mini. Um, Matt Boldy. Matt Boldy.
2: He's like two hat-tricks or something in the last couple of weeks, doesn't he?
1: Yeah, yeah. Do you um, Do you remember months ago when he signed that extension, 7 for 7? yep and I was like it's I think it's a great deal the kid is hasn't even scratched his ceiling yet and he's amazing and I don't know what I think we were talking about you know Dylan's cousin's contract that he hasn't signed yet and I'm like yeah this is a great contract
0: well they're comparable right like the statistics for for both players
1: but at the time it wasn't Remember, like Boldy wasn't didn't have that many points or this or I don't know what exactly we're talking about, but I'm like this is a great deal. Yeah, the kid's an absolute stud, and now Kaprizov is out, and, and he's taking the over. Kid picked up his game. It's 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 Bartlett hockey. I gotta defend Bartlett hockey. That's he's a, he's a client of Bartlett's, and that's a great deal.
2: Listen, you know what? After seeing all the players that have been signing and how many are connected to Bartlett hockey, they got quite the roster these days. They've always had a good roster, but they've got a great roster of players right now.
1: Especially young, young players. Yeah. Yeah. They have done an amazing job. Like they got that
0: Clayton Keller seven for seven. Yeah. Yeah. But you know what? A few years ago, he wasn't worth the money that he was making. He is now. Well, that's why these teams take... You know, um, I wouldn't even call them gambles because I think they see the trajectory of these young players and where they're going to go. And it seems like in the first year or two of those of that seven or eight year contract, whatever Mm -hmm. these guys sign, it seems like the first one or two years are kind of like, oh boy, that's, uh, you know, we're, we're paying this guy too much, but then all of a sudden in year three, four and five, you're sitting there going, wow, we we've really done a nice job. This guy's earning his money. But then all of a sudden in the six and seven and sometimes eight, the kid is absolutely blowing apart the, uh, you know, the, the number of his contract and, uh, you know, Clayton Gullers, I mean he's turned into an awesome player. He hasn't had a whole lot of help. I just when you think of players like him, you think about what would happen if he actually played with like some like two elite players that were were behi- beside him. It's I mean I think he would I think he'd be one of the, you know, top 10 scoring.
1: Well, I think he That's would how be good he, is. he would be Jack Hughes. Right? I mean to me they're they're very similar players. Small Lefty, super creative, make players around them better. But Jack Hughes is, you know, I mean, he is talked about, you know, maybe a runner-up for MVP right now. But he does play with guys who can put the puck in the net, like a Jasper Pratt and whoever else they put on the line with him. You know, now Timo Meyer or whoever it is. I mean, but those are legit line mates, which, like you just mentioned, Keller. I mean, he's got solid players around him, but not guys like that. So it's uh, it's quite impressive.
0: And I have to ask you this one, because you're in Minnesota. I'm sure you're watching uh Logan Cooley. Unbelievable. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, I yeah. I'm very curious to to know your thoughts on on Logan Cooley. And and this is for people that are asking who the hell is Logan Cooley? He's he was the third overall pick in last year's draft. Um and he he came out of almost kind of nowhere. Would you would you say to to kind of climb up the ranks? People had him ranked number one in the draft.
1: Yeah, I think he's he's you know I mean he's he's the typical U.S. development kid who's I think if you're in the youth scene, I think you've heard about him for years.
0: Well, my we played against him. He he played in Pittsburgh for the Pittsburgh Elite yeah. for years and years and years. Um, and back then he was a very good player, very, very small, very tiny, um, but always, you know, kind of like out of sight, out of mind type player. But when you looked at the score sheet, he had four points. Yeah. And they beat, you know, they beat you four to two. Like he was that type of player. Um, but, what he's done in the last number of years, he's really grown into himself. He's become uh, an elite offensive talent. And I'm wondering if you've seen him play those uh, in, in D1 college because he put up some awesome numbers for for, uh, for a freshman.
1: He's, I mean, again, he's unbelievable. His hockey IQ is off the charts, but I think what really is helping him as well is his hit that line with Jimmy Snugroot, who's a first-round pick by the St. Louis Blues, also a freshman. And then they got a sophomore with Matthew Nice, who's um, probably the top prospect for the Leafs. Those three yep. together, that's a legit NHL line right now, in my opinion. So, And they're really? just spreading college hockey. I went to the game two weeks ago. It was the Big Ten Championship, and that line was awesome. Cooley was great, and so was um, Fantelli on Michigan. I mean, he'll go. In my opinion, you know, Adam number two, Ventilli is yes. uh,
0: as a Toronto kid played for the junior Canadians his whole whole life. Um, and now, he, where is he? He's in the USHL, correct? He's he's in no, Michigan. He's, he's in he's Michigan at Michigan,
1: Michigan and he's he's. I think he leads the the nation in scoring as a freshman. So is I would not be surprised stats? that he, he's
2: got like sixty five points or something this year. Yes,
1: yeah, he is. He's really good. So in my opinion, like, I don't he'll even go, want to ask this question, but.
0: Does he like? I don't see how Connor Bedard can get knocked out at number one. Like, I mean, what he's doing is just completely staggering. But you have an Adam Adam Fantilli who's who's a big kid. He skates really well. Yeah. Um, he can play a power forward game with some with some grit and nasty. But he he can also he's a he's a point producer. He's a goal scorer. I mean, he is literally
1: everything. He I is mean, gonna be like you said. Bedard is gonna be for sure number you think 1. Think he has
0: any chance whatsoever of of going first?
1: What? Zero. What? zero? Just and the, the main reason I say zero is because I I think Fantelli's game is fantastic like you said he's a big kid, he can make plays, he can play a gritty game if they, if they want to. Could you imagine being
2: the GM that passed on Connor Bedard at number 1? yeah but you have to understand i don't care i don't care i'm not saying he can't be reading hold on listen to me Mm. i'm just talking about the overall hype of this kid there's not a team in the world
1: that would pass on
2: number one they would just trade out. i agree
1: they would be too too scared to do it even if they even if the gm thinks that Fantelli has a better upside or a better 200 foot game or whatever what do you want to say there's no way they would be too scared to pass on a a talent because of the hype that Bedard has. But the one thing, and again, I've only seen Bedard on on TV, so I can't. Again, TV sometimes doesn't do the same thing as watching a, a kid in in person. But the way he shifts, his elusiveness, like that, that's something Fantelli does, does not have. It's absolutely yeah. crazy. But Fantelli, in my opinion, is definitely the number two pick, and he's gonna. You know, whatever franchise gets him, that's he's going to be an awesome piece that someone's getting. Yeah.
2: Yeah. And you can see, you can see that's what those games are April 6th. We've got a head to header, Van. We got BU where I've got, uh, yeah. And you've got uh, Minnesota on April 6th for the, in the Frozen Frozen Four.
1: It's going to be awesome. Playing who? Who's the favorite? Minnesota is favorite. They're the number one overall seat, but. Once you get to that point, anything you know—I mean, those are two good teams. Both skilled can make plays. I mean, there's a kid on on BU. I watched him here in the last few weeks in the regionals. That Lane Hudson, he's a Montreal draft pick. Yeah, wow! He's is in, he? He's, he's, he's another he, one. He's just like the Hughes. He is unbelievable. His feet, his vision. There's this. Yeah. I mean, these kids nowadays can play. It's fun.
0: Well, I well, played against again. I played against Lane Hudson. Uh, our entire life at the junior sabers and you know he he started with chicago mission or he started no he started with the chicago young americans as a really young kid like nine ten years old and he Mm -hmm. was doing things on the ice that i'm not kidding you i've never seen done by any player (laughs) at any age he was a defenseman he was the smallest kid on the ice by far like i mean super tiny you could not shut him down. He was so far beyond skill set. It was, it was truly amazing. And then he moved from uh, you know multiple teams throughout his youth career. Um, but what he's doing right now with the National Development Program uh, the last couple of years and now at BU, I mean.
1: Oh, he's got, he's I got 50 would have points thought, as a freshman defenseman. It's crazy. I mean, he'll be up for the hobby as well.
0: Does he have a chance to win it, like a legit chance to win it?
1: Oh, as 50 points as a defenseman is, is crazy. I mean, Fantelli leads the nation, I think, with 62, 63 points, I believe. Yeah. I mean, so the kid is 15 points behind as a, as a defenseman.
0: I mean, as, a, he leads, as a freshman sure he defenseman, yeah. I mean, he
1: leads BU in scoring. It's, it's, it's an, it's, I mean, what a pick by, I think they got him in the third round. I think no, I second round. Say, or second round.
0: Yeah. The Canadians, I mean. I think you know when the the draft last year with this kid is he's so small okay that I think teams were very nervous but I don't I don't size. understand
1: that I mean look at Quinn Hughes what he's yeah. doing I mean 200 assists right isn't he the the fastest guy ever to get to 200 assists
0: yeah yeah
1: why would you be scared to be taking a smaller defenseman who can sca- I mean, he's he's the exact same. I mean, it's been that's. I mean, again, I, and I think the problem. Problem is, right?
0: The problem is, there's there's no there's no Quinn Hughes. Like Quinn Hughes, Quinn Hughes. He's what five foot eight, five yeah. foot nine on a good yeah. day. I mean, <laughs> Hudson, they have him down as five ten. Not a chance. <laughs> <laughs> on skates maybe on skates but yeah. i'm going to tell you this he's super small and that's why uh teams chose not to pick him but montreal they they picked him early second round and they're just like you know what this this kid is so dynamic he's so good that we have to take him we have to and then all of a sudden he puts up the season in d1 hockey and it's just like you're shaking your head going why didn't we pick him? Right, he was right. he
2: was the third, fourth, last pick in the second
0: round. Oh, yeah, he was sixty-two. He was and early. he was projected to go in the first
1: round. Yeah, end of the I first guess, round again. Now, now it's you know the the these this Lane Hudson, the Fantalli, I think has a bigger body. Logan Cooley, who I can speak more of because I see him more. The one thing I hope organizations do now, especially a team like Arizona, right, who always brings in their prospects young, Logan Cooley, my, can he play in the NHL? 100% he can play in the NHL and put up decent points. Do I think going back for a second year in college would benefit him? I think it would. There's no rush to go and play. You know, I hope they let him stay in Bring school him for in another when year. He's 20, right? Bring him in Bring when, him he's the NHL let him, when he's let 20 him and let him
0: play 16, 17 years till he's 37.
2: Let exactly. college, let college hockey be the new minors. You know
1: what I mean? That's, oh, and, and that, that's Very, exactly it. Exactly I know college key. hockey, you don't play It's oh, I know, and I've played it so I can speak personally of it. And it's not juniors where you play 60 games, then play off. So you get 70, 70, you play less games. I understand that. But kids like him, he doesn't need to play more games. He needs more practice time, fill out his frame work gym on time. certain things yep. and a ton of stuff in the gym and, and, and bulk up. And then as a 20 year old, then be ready. Matthew nice did it and it benefited his game tremendously. I'm glad that Toronto didn't sign him.
0: Okay. To stay on this college thing. You talked about Minnesota university mm-hmm. of Minnesota. You've seen these guys play number one, number one team in the nation. Okay. Mm-hmm. What do you think's going to happen with Ryan Johnson? Now, I think he's, he's obviously. Everybody knows he's thirtieth. Uh, what do you go thirtieth or thirty first? Thirty uh, yeah. first overall. You know what do you or think as, he's going to do? Or
2: has Craig once said, 31th? <laughs>
1: <laughs> well, I, I I don't know. I mean, I again, I, I I was I was around the room, but those are not questions that I'm going to ask kids. Right, what what they're gonna do? What would you do then?
0: You were you came out of college. You were you were a first round draft pick, a, f- a high first yeah. rounder fifth overall. Like, if you were in this situation, not not Thomas Vanek, who came out of college yeah. and played at what nineteen? I guess you would have played, right?
1: Well, I played nineteen. I was in the minors because there was a lockout, so I played okay. as a twenty year old my first year.
0: Okay, so let's just say hypothetically, Vanner, that you played all four years. Mm-hmm. You know you're you're 21 years old, and now you have a decision to make. Do I sign with the Buffalo Sabers and what you see in the system, okay, or do I look to become an unrestricted free agent and sign anywhere I want in the league? What would you do? Hold on, though. Okay.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: The problem is Johnson's scenario. And Vanek's scenario are very different, and I don't want to
1: say they that. They're a lot you, different. You were able to get a million-dollar his...
2: signing bonus or $800,000 yeah. signing bonus or 900 right. That's more to entice a player to come out of college. This guy here is going to get 95000 as a first check, and I'm not balking at $95,000. Right. What I'm saying is after tax, agent fees and everything, it's fifty grand, and then a year in the minors.
1: Right, and, and that's what needs to change in the CBA because we have seen it too much, right? These teams do a good job drafting college kids, and some of them, you know, stay for three years, and after their junior year, they become an unrestricted free agent, and they can go anywhere they want. I think if the CBA would impl- implement that, hey, we drafted this kid, we want to sign him and not lose him, well maybe the signing bonus instead of what what is the maximum now 220 over 3 years or 240 260
0: 275 something like that
1: that maybe 95,000
0: 95, a year
1: right so so maybe you know that goes up to 200,000 a year if you sign with the team that drafted you originally to make it you know give the team that drafted you an advantage because there is no advantage just like Petey said he can you know he can negotiate with 20 other teams and sign that same deal in Anaheim whereas that is
2: that's exactly where I think he's gonna go. He played for the Anaheim Junior Ducks.
1: Yeah, but I don't know. I you, you just you know, and and I mean look at um Fox in with the, the Rangers, isn't that did was he not drafted by Calgary in Calgary, the third round? Yep. yep. I mean, you don't think Calgary would want a Fox in the lineup right now? <laughs> I mean, they'll be right. So so they do a great job drafting the, this kid in the third round. Great, you know, by the scouting, but yet they lose him. I think they ended up trading him right to to the New York Rangers for a third round pick or something. But if the Calgary Flames are the only team to give him a higher signing bonus, then maybe the kid would have stayed there and signed. So that's that's something I, I'm shocked that the you know the GMs or someone hasn't brought up yet to change that in the CBA
2: because yeah. because turning down a million dollars or six hundred yeah. grand is a lot harder to do with the idea of, well, what if I get hurt that year at college? I got to take this money now and right. get it, get going on the career or fuck 50 grand. If I graduate, I'll make that my first year out of college. If I'm hurt, you know what I mean? Yeah. Or, I mean, uh, it's 95,000 or whatever it you,
1: is. it's then it's something, you know, kids have to think about it's, it's, it's. It's like we talk about now with, with, you know, the cousins and something. Oh, I would not take six and a half, right? He can make, you know, he can make eight and a half in two years, take a bridge deal. But when you offer a kid seven years at that much money, it's tough to turn down, even though, you know, you're leaving maybe 10 or 12 on the table. Same thing for a kid that's 19 or 20. You can offer more as that team. But anyway, so going back to your question what he's going to do, I don't know. I mean. I can I see him signing with the Buffalo Sabres? Yeah, I can because I think he's really good. And I think the, the one thing the Sabres lack is the defensive depth, in my opinion.
0: Now, is he is he a true defender? Like what is it? Is he is he kind of like a hybrid? Like he's not really an offensive defenseman. Well, he's going I, to be I, I, a guy that basically moves the puck really well. He's mm-hmm. gonna be very, very stable playing defensive hockey, right?
1: Yeah, I, but again, I, I can't tell you how good his off, you know, his, his offenses abilities could be because he's playing on the number one team in the nation where Brock Faber is really good. Lacombe, who is drafted by Anaheim, who I think is their best defenseman, he's those guys are eating up all the power play minutes, right? So they're I mean, he's playing in front of some stud defenseman or behind some stud defenseman. But the games that I watch him. Well, you think he's to on power five, play he's... time
0: on uh, playing in front of uh, Darlene and Power over the next uh, fifteen years? Probably his not. Offen- no, his offense offensive abilities up to this point have not been have not been something that you're talking about. You don't talk about you know his offense or right. talk it's about he's just an overall security defenseman. He's not putting up Lane Hudson numbers, but at the same
2: time,
1: he's putting up good numbers 38 for a five on five.
2: 18, 18 points, four mm-hmm. goals, 14
1: assists, plus 21. A he's on the best team in the nation, PD.
0: I could have that right now. Okay. Well, no, I, don't I don't know. know. Good, I don't. You still have they... to
1: break out the puck. He, he's, he, to me, he's, like I said, I think he's going to be in the NHL. He's not going to be a huge point producer, but he's going to be, a, you know, could he end up being a free four? Solid. You know what you're going to get in night out. First pass. Good transition. You know, is he going to be the you know the first D-man in the rush all the time? I don't think so. But just a really good, steady defenseman who can uh, break out the puck.
0: Yeah. So and, I guess my last question on him, is the Sabres organization the right one for him?
1: Yeah, why wouldn't it be right? I mean, who who doesn't want a a three four even a five defenseman who can move the puck?
0: Well, it's it's not it's not whether they want, but well, he wants them. All, all I guess what I'm trying to say is if you're if you're an agent, okay, and if yeah. you're Ryan Johnson and you're taking a look at, you know, your your where you sit in the depth chart and and what style of defenseman is playing in Buffalo, opposed to other teams around the league. Okay. Like Buffalo has a whole bunch of players that are like Ryan Johnson in the sense that they're a little bit softer. They're skilled, they're softer. They're not overly big, they're not overly physical, okay? I'm I'm just wondering is there a better fit on another team where there might be more size, more aggression, more and they need a slighter smaller type. And I'm not saying he's small. He's not a big kid. He's six feet, 170 pounds. That's that's not a big kid. Right? In the NHL? Right. At 170 pounds? Like, right. good luck battling guys that are going to be 200, 220, 215. You know, those guys that are in the league. And there's a lot of them. You're going to have a hard time battling those guys on a nightly basis. All I'm saying is... Is he better suited on another team that has guys already that are six two, six three, six four that are bigger, more physical, but they need that real smooth puck moving? Move, yeah, oh for yeah,
1: sure. Moving, uh, I'm, I'm sure so there's it. plenty of other teams that yeah, that's all. Can slide saying. him in and 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 use him. Who's his dad? Is it Ryan Johnson? No, Craig.
2: Oh, his dad's Craig Johnson.
1: I believe. Yep. Yeah.
2: Okay. Okay. All right. So yep. change change gears here. So I guess I I should have said back a while ago. It's a little late, but it's episode two forty three. Um, there it is. Yeah, I'm waiting there it for is. That. Yeah. Well, I mean, you guys got rolling, and I was loving <laughs> the conversation. So I'm just like, this is easy. Craig was on Shred and Ragging this morning talking about the Sabers, and we'll talk about the Sabers. And and they asked him about like a Lindy Ruff story, and
0: Well, the the people that uh, weren't listening to that story, they don't want to hear it. So let's just move on. Yeah, go ahead, man. <laughs> Tell it again.
1: No, it wasn't. It was, yeah. He just, I think it was training camp. He just, you know, wanted me to come over and meet with him. I was like, yeah, no problem. Go to his house, park, knock on the door. Don't, uh, no one answers. I can hear something in the backyard. So I walk around the house. And I kind of see him in the distance. You know, he's got a beautiful backyard, kind of woods in the back. And all of a sudden I look and he's just chopping away wood, just boots on, shorts, no shirt, just dripping sweat. And I'm like, oh, my God, what is he going to do to me now? (laughs) (laughs) And you guys know, I mean, Lindy is a big man. So finally he sees me, goes, I'll be right up. I'm like, okay, sounds good. I'm just like a... I felt like a little kid, right? So no, was and then he the, came the up. The body
2: had to have been a little bit saggy.
1: Well, I mean, he's, I mean, at the time he was in his fifties, but he I was, remember. you know, I mean, he's, he's, I mean, he, it's, you know, he had a big chair. I mean, he's a wide thick man. You know, I mean, sometimes you don't, you don't see it. You know, I, I Hey, Rivs brought it up about, um, I don't know what episode it was about, um, Kovalev, right. He's like, yeah. I didn't know Kobe. And then he. He played with him or whatever, some and it's, like, shirt off. And he's, like, oh, my goodness, is this guy wide. Well, that's how Lindy was, too. I mean, he's a big guy. You know, his shoulders are broad. But then you see him without a shirt, and you're, like, Jesus, he is a monster. But, yeah, anyway, so he's walking up, and he's just dripping sweat. He's, like, sit down. I'm, like, yep, I will do that. I'm going to sit right down. But, yeah, so, did he I thought proce- he was going to chop my finger here's, off. Or here's something. the part that
2: I don't, I don't know. Did he proceed to talk to you with no shirt on and dripping sweat, or Did he at least have the courtesy to go and dry <laughs> off and throw a shirt on?
1: <laughs> I, I think he did. For he, he came up and threw a shirt on. Yeah. All right. But he walked out with walked up to. Uh, I, I,
2: I'll, I remember. I just, I remember walking by. I was walking by the sauna at the rink one day. And there was Lindy in the sauna with with dumbbells, doing curls, <laughs> working out in the sauna. It was it was unbelievable. I, I mean, you know, had he been approachable, I might have opened the door and you know said something funny. <laughs> Instead, you locked him in there. <laughs> <laughs> Instead, I fucking I walked. Put a by chair like in front I, of the door. Walked by and and acted like I did when I played. I had no peripheral vision. I couldn't see him yeah. out of the <laughs> out of the corner of my eye. <laughs> Did you uh, watch any of the Sabres game last night?
1: I did, yeah. I, it was a good game. I thought, uh, you know, lots of scoring chances both sides. I thought Comrie was fantastic again, really, overall. I mean, I know you can say maybe he could have had, I don't know which goal it was, maybe the second he could have maybe had. But I thought he he, he made some big saves. And um...
0: Is that the one that uh, I think... The player, right-hand shot, ripped it over his left-hand shoulder. Second goal. That was the second goal. I'm pretty sure it was. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, again.
2: That was the one.
0: How's this guy even that open? Shoot. That's my whole, like, Every you're talking about Comrie trying to make a save on a guy who ultimately is, is on a bloody breakaway almost on the right-hand side. Why is he that open?
1: No, the, I, I know, but it's but you know how it is. But there is breakdowns, and and we've talked. I mean, there's a lot more breakdowns in the Sabers than than anyone would like. But even on good teams, there's breakdowns, and then sometimes you need a save. But I'm not blaming him one bit. I thought he he made some really really good saves. I mean, he was he was really good. He gave him a chance to win the game. How
2: about fucking Lucas Rusek coming in and having a goal and an assist in his first NHL
1: game? Good for him. I thought he was. I thought he was super noticeable. Besides the goal and the assist, I thought every shift, the way he was tracking, forechecking. I, 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 I he. Where'd you notice him, Vanner? The most. I, you know, there was a few times there was a quick turnover, and I thought the way he got back, his quickness, his first couple of strides, I thought were fantastic. Like he looked like a legit NHL quick. You know, not not intimidated. Not not nothing. I thought he he played a solid game.
2: Yeah, well, he, he's um, only been playing pro for seven years. I mean, it, he he's had a. He, I mean, he's exactly that prime age where you bring a guy up at that age and give him a shot in the NHL. Twenty three years old, almost twenty four. Played mean, in the Czech Pro League in Rochester for a couple of years. I mean, yeah, I, I I just can't believe that's the guy that that gets the opportunity, but he does because there's nobody else.
1: Right, because everyone else is up here, right? The only other you know high-end prospect is this Coolidge, but let him finish the year down there and keep keep lighting it up. I, I don't know, I guess, what, what else is in the cupboard in Rochester, so I shouldn't just say Coolidge. Maybe there's more more guys like that down there. But like Petey said, I think this is a 23-year-old, knows the pro game, obviously skates well, which, again, I I, I didn't know much about him until yeah. yesterday, but... To me, that's that's a guy I would not take out of the lineup. I mean, even if Tage comes back, that's a guy I keep keep on that third line. And then I mean, the energy he brought, the way he was skating, I thought he he was great.
0: He spent more time in front of the other team's net than some of our forwards the entire yeah. year.
1: You're right. Yeah. That's a that's a great point. How'd he yeah, score his is, goal? Right, was right it, in front. Was it
0: some was it some dangle? Did he do something absolutely? Uh, oh my god, that's amazing! No, he stood in front of the net. He battled in front of the net. He made it hard for the goaltender to see. He made it uh, hard for the defenseman to box him out. A shot is taken, and he gets a rebound that's literally right in front of the net. It's interesting. Yeah. It's interesting why you would want to go to the front of the net when seventy-five percent of the goals are scored <laughs> there. Like, why would you even want to go there?
2: Well, let me. Let I guess me he's figured something. it out. Let me ask you guys something. So I'll tell you what. What kind of kind of irks me about this team is if you go look at the Washington game they had the lead they blew it you have a 3-2 lead going into the third period against the Montreal Canadiens, and they they blow it I mean that's is that goaltending Craig or is that (laughs) overall defensive play I'd say the first two goals are prime examples of both well
0: did you you see the first Vanner do you remember the first goal remember Harris the defenseman who snuck in back door yep Go back and watch the first. Go back and watch the first goal, and go and watch JJ Paterka and Jack Quinn play as the two high forwards in the zone, and you realize why this team gets scored on so much. It's, I mean, to me, it's just like, holy shit balls, man! Like zero idea how to play defense, and I know they're young, but listen, I mean, I don't care if you're, I don't care if you're twenty nine or or twenty. You, you know where to be and what to do because you've been doing it your whole life. Some guys are better at identifying danger more than others. And, and this, when you go and watch this clip, when you go and watch the Sabers' first goal, you understand now why this team has an ungodly amount of goals scored against them. Because they lack in defensive awareness. They lack in positioning and they're not they struggle with it
2: is it hard at a young age are we chalking that up to youth because of the two players that you're mentioning or this is Listen, a I mean year, there's a whole year in the league and a whole year of practices where Thomas? i mean you were a young player young offensive player in the league is it hard to adjust to a coach's demands when it comes to playing defensively mind well,
1: i don't know if it's it's if it's hard to adjust I think what you learn is the speed of the game is a lot quicker right I mean the speed of the game is a lot quicker than the AHL Mm -hmm. but I don't know if it's so hard to understand or to me I guess my only not concern my my
0: wanting to do it
1: Vanner well it's wanting to do it but also is what kind of system are (laughs) they playing you know like I look at the Carolina Hurricanes and and their D zone is man-on-man Right, I mean, th- th- those demons are moving there. I mean, everyone knows their assignment on that team, and like are, are those guys, really good defensive players, like a Sebastian Aho or a Teravainen, or
0: yes, Sebastian because Koff. they Sebastian Aho, for an example, Finnish yeah. kid. Okay, um, I, I had the opportunity to play over in Finland in the lockout. Okay, and mm-hmm. you got to realize how they treated. They're younger players, they're star players. Okay. They didn't treat them like they were like they were on a pedestal. They were they were very they it, it's about respect. You're at the bottom of the toll and pole. It's gonna take time for you to move up the ladder. They learn how to play the right way. Sebastian Sebastian Aho, when you watch him play, do you ever think of his game as like oh my god he's like one of these these offensive dynamos no you think of he's literally one of the best two-way
1: players in the game he and understands that's that's pretty much 90% offense right i know it's their yeah. identity and and
0: <laughs> and, the, and the Swedes are 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 somewhat um very along similar the same lines right yeah. and then i just look at i look at offensive players that come from north america come from canada and the United States, the offensive players were so dominant when they were kids. They were on super teams every year. They learned only one thing,
1: how to score and how to win. Yeah,
0: Score, win, score, win, score, win. They didn't care if they were minus 75 in a season, as long as they had points and they won games. So now all of a sudden you get these players that come into the league And you know they may start in the minors, and they realize, holy shit, there's another part of the game they never had to think about the other part of the game because they were so dominant when they were when they were younger. Now, when they're in the NHL, and for an example, like you have like a a Jack Quinn, and I'm not saying Jack Quinn is a bad defensive player. I'm saying just on this goal in particular, okay, Mm -hmm. there was mistakes made by Paterka and Quinn in understanding positioning on the ice. Well, just, just, he didn't to- have to worry about that in junior Quinn was scoring 50. What did he have? 56 goals in like 60 games. He was like literally dominating. He had the puck on his stick the whole time. Right. Now but I do think it's a
2: little, I do think it's a tad bit unfair be- to say that you have to want to, or they didn't want to, because I don't think on that particular play, I don't think either player was, was making a mistake. Due to lack of give a shit, I think I think it's just it's lack of awareness. Yeah,
0: I, I, lack I of think, awareness. I, I I look at the D. first goal. Right. It is lack of awareness. It's not like they don't want to not be in the right position. It's just they've they're they've honed skills to get themselves to the NHL, and it's not been typically their defense. It's not the defensive side of the game. You didn't pick Jack Quinn eighth overall because he was a defender. You picked him because he was a goal scorer. He's a sniper. He skated well. He made offensive plays for the Ottawa 67s. That's why you took him. That's all yeah. I'm saying. But
1: yeah. It, again, I don't think it's the goals for is the problem. It's just like what, what Revs is mentioning right now. It's the goals against. And not just the goals against, but the chances against. Each and every, I mean, this is the Montreal Canadiens. They played the last night and there was great A chance almost every shift. It's not like they played the Rangers or Carolina or I don't know. So, so my whole point was why I brought up the Hurricanes and their D zone. I think that team has bought in and Brendan Moore has that, the man-on-man system and they must obviously work it from day one in training camp because every, every, it's not that Quinn and Paterka aren't bought in. I, I I don't know if they're confused sometimes if they, you know, if they the know pa- what the pace is faster, the pace, pace is fa- faster. But all Everything's happening
0: faster for these, these guys, and it's going to take them a little time, but let me ask you this Vanner: Is it harder to teach offensive skill? Is it harder to teach a kid how to score goals? Or is it harder to teach a kid to play defense?
1: The offensive player. Why? Because you, in my opinion, you can't teach natural goal scoring. You can teach everything else as long as the kid's commit it and you have the right system and the right coach, right? I mean, and dad, you can teach. You can't teach a kid all of a sudden how to rip a one-timer, how to pick up his head and how to you know roll his hands and his wrists over to get that top shelf goal. You can't teach that.
0: That's exactly where I was going with this. And the Sabres have a lot of kids, a lot of young players that are super highly offensive guys, okay? They're super highly offensive. They've been offensive since they were young. And now they're in the NHL, and they're going to have to learn how to be better defensively. But I'm going to tell you this. It is 10 times better to have an offensive kid, a kid that can make plays and score, And help this young man, as he gets older, to learn and identify the danger areas defensively. And I think that the Sabres have all those kids. They have a whole bunch of kids that are highly offensive. It might be more difficult if we're talking specifically centerman. That's right. But if you're talking
2: a winger. Yes. It's just
0: positioning. It's understanding and positioning. And, and then I, caring and I, about it's, it's more about caring about playing defense. So what do you like so these on, guys
2: we're, we're, we're talking about a play like this for a long period of time, but it, there's a lot more to that play. And I, and I, I, I guess my point is Turka was the left winger on the play. Correct. And he, he was, he out was on pos- the right-hand side. Yes, but he, he was, was a left position, winger and he, but he was on the to go back to the left wing. Right. Exactly. Like, I, how the how does he not know
0: to just stay there and play right wing for that's a good thirty question. seconds? But I'm sure a guy like Matt Ellis today, I guarantee you, I would literally bet anything I own right now. Bet one of my kids, maybe the middle one, <laughs> and I would bet you that Matt Ellis is cut this clip already. And he is, or Christy, one of one of those two offensive coaches, have cut the clip and are showing Quinn and Paterka that first goal. And they're not giving them shit. They're just giving them, okay, let's talk about this. What were you guys thinking on this play? You guys tell us what you're thinking on the play. Let's talk about it. And then we're going to tell you what the right thing to do is. Because... Possibly. This is not. This is not something that's hard to change. It's not something that hard. You know, it's really hard to. It's really hard to change a kid who's not a goal scorer, and try and make him a goal scorer. It's almost. It's impossible. JJ Paturka has offensive talent, awesome offensive flair coming out as Yang Yang. Jack Quinn in his first year, awesome year, very very good. Has gotten better from the start of the season, um, to now. And these little things that are, that are, that are um, resulting in goals right now okay, will be, be changed, I think, as these young men move forward because they're going to understand and identify things that you can and can't do in the NHL. They might have gotten away with this in the German league. They might have gotten away with this in the OHL playing for Ottawa 67s but this they're not getting away with it in the NHL. You make a mistake, it's in the it's a scoring chance. And that's what you're trying to limit. There's always going to be scoring chances, but you're trying to limit them as as much as humanly possible. Right now, the Sabres are giving far too much up. And they just need to lock things down. They need to be better defensively and it's going to come with time. So,
1: the you, only thing I would add, I I don't think you yes, those two messed up on this play, but I think Usually, what helps the forwards be better defense or defensively is when you actually have better defensemen, too. So, it, it, you know, it goes hand in hand. The other thing is, the I old do,
0: shot I- across the, bow, the the bow from the friggin' forward. <laughs> Unbelievable. It's always the defenseman's fault. <laughs> it's a- Why is it wow. always the defenseman's fault? These I'm two guys are dancing up near the blue line. Don't even know what the hell's going on. A D sneaking on the back door. Is that, do you want the D who's boxing out a guy in front? Do you want him to go out to
1: Harris now? I don't Look know the what forwards the system just is. Just do your damn job. Okay. I don't know what their system is, but the my wing, whole point. The is- wing
0: position in, in any league is the easiest position. I've told PD this a thousand yeah. times, but you're going to throw a shot at the D. <laughs> well,
1: yeah, it's because it's, you play as a unit, right? But no, my whole point is, I think you're you're absolutely right that Ellie's going to show him that clip. To me, I'm not a. I was never a big video guy. Do I watch it and see it? Yes, it's nice to see it visually, but at the same time, you have to practice this. Like you have to put these kids in in practice situations. Where you tell Darlene, hey, every time this is happening, I want you to go down the wall, sneak down, see how, you know, and Quinn has to have his head on a swivel. Like those are things to me. Video is great. And the kid's going to sit there and be like, yeah, 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 yeah. I get it. I get it. And nothing changes. Those yeah. are things you have to practice on a daily basis. And
2: how often and, did we practice that in Buffalo? All the time. And and these guys literally have more days. I bet you the Buffalo Sabres lead the league in days off. And it's like, you want to rest your players. And I get that, but you don't have to put them on the ice and kill them, put them on the, no. ice and teach them.
1: Right. And I'm a big believer that you have to practice certain things. Do I mean, this team, you don't have to do much in the ozone. They create a ton. They're super creative. They're good. And maybe that's what, maybe they are doing that every practice. I have no idea. I've never watched a practice. Right. So, so I can't speak. And shit yeah. here in the coaches, because maybe they're doing that each and every day. And the kids aren't just, they're not getting it quite yet.
0: How often fifth overall pick Thomas Fannick comes to the league. Okay. Score what 25 or 26 your goals, your first year, you scored 43 your next year. How, how many times did an, uh, a coach for the Buffalo Sabres or any other, um, team basically tell you where to go to score goals?
1: nobody told me where to score goals why because that's an instinct that i had i don't need to exactly. be taught right it, it's exactly. the d zone that obviously just like you said earlier why we
0: watched the freaking video for 45 minutes every bloody day is because you didn't play defense for well, shit it was sakes.
1: it was more i was always in position it was more Roisy that was just floating around so <laughs> i'm gonna throw him up. <laughs> it was him and max i was I should have won a Selkie one year. Fuck but those Ron guys, were, were they, they always
2: it. were winding it up, man. Oh, my God. I mean, <laughs> like the rebound is in front of the net, and Maxie's already sprinted to the far blue line hoping for a stretch pass. But,
1: <laughs> but here's the thing of it, video, right? That's my my whole point. I think it's getting, even my last five, six years, it was crazy the amount of video some coaches did. And to me, what I always hated is when they stopped the clip. And then be like, "Hey, see, if your stick would have been right there, this pass would have never happened." I'm like, the game happens so quick; it's so easy to stop a video and be like, "See, if you are right there, this doesn't happen." No, that's you're correct, Coach. That it wouldn't happen. But you can't. You're you're looking at an overhead shot that it's so easy to tell. And like, the game is quick. That's what I'm saying. You have to yeah. practice that. You have to practice it. Yeah, That's the I, only I, way kids are going to learn. Of I would
0: have been a different player if I had the Sega view too.
1: <laughs> <laughs>
0: yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> hey, to end this uh, conversation, because, I, you know, I, I get mixed emotions. Oceans, when I talk to people about the Sabres and some people are really, really upset and frustrated and all this kind of stuff and others are, are happy with where, with where they're at. And I'm, I'm on the side of the, the happy, I'm, I'm really pleased with what I've seen from this hockey team. And are there, are there changes that need to be made? Yes, there are, there's some tinkering that needs to be made with this team, but when I'm looking at goals for, okay, the Sabres right now sit at third in the league in goals for, It's awesome. It's amazing. The team that's ahead of them, okay, are the Boston Bruins that have 275 goals for. The Buffalo Sabres have 261. So there's your number two and number three team in the league. Here's the difference why the Sabres are out of the playoffs. And here's the difference why the Boston Bruins ultimately are one of the best teams ever to play is because they have 157 goals against the Sabers have 271 like over over 115 goals approximately the difference like the 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 goal differential for Boston is plus 118 goals for to goals against the Sabers are minus 10 as much as they're as much as they're third in the league in scoring, which is st- unbelievable, it's staggering. They have more goals against them. 271, 10 goals. And if they can change that, if they can continue to score because of this offensive talent that they have, but if if they can learn as a collective group how to play better defense and really care about playing better defense, this team a thousand percent will be uh, a playoff contender.
1: I think the only thing I'm going to add to this is you need a number one goalie. You need a number one goalie. Do you listen to? Did you listen to our podcast yesterday? Huh?
0: Did you listen to the podcast yesterday? Yes or no?
1: I did not. No. Did At not. PD and I Sorry. talked about it. Missed one.
0: I, do. You think? Do you think? <laughs> I'm actually pretty disappointed.
1: I know. I'm a little offended right now, man. Like, fuck. I had shit going on, and I just didn't have time. I'll listen. I'll I'll re-listen today.
0: 35 games the Sabres have won this year. It's a really solid season. Do you believe that in the 73 games this year, that the Sabres, if they had a number one and not this three-goal, three-goalie
1: tandem... Four, please. It's four goalie tandem. Well,
0: now she's into four, but <laughs> let's just say that the Sabres had just the same team off, off the offense and the defensemen. But if they had a number one goaltender, do you think that they would have five more wins?
1: I think they're they're in the playoffs hundred percent, and it's not even a wildcard spot.
0: There you go. There you go. That's five wins more. So they have 40 wins right now. That would put them at 87 points. They're clearly in a playoff spot, and they're three points behind Tampa Bay Lightning for a division spot with one move. Mm -hmm. I I truly believe
2: that. So what happens when September rolls around and our goaltenders at training camp are Devin Levi, Eric no conference. way, Devin Levi is making this team next year. I didn't year. say he's making this team, but he's going to challenge for a spot next year.
1: Is he playing on Friday? This Would kid you is, guys play this him kid on Friday? Is literally,
2: uh, like a a white robe and a pair of Birkenstocks away from being Jesus.
1: Is he playing on Friday? Because guess what, come Friday, you might be maybe out of it. As as shitty as that sounds, because they're actually. What's amazing is that all the teams behind them or in front of them, they're all losing. It's, I've never lost. seen anything like that, right? Pan- like, Panthers, how about
2: the night? There was a night last week where like three teams played yeah. and they all lost.
1: <laughs> they all, it's, it's it, amazing. All the same night.
2: They all lost and the Sabres ended up winning. Like, the well, other than the Devils, the the, the Islanders won.
1: Yeah.
2: But uh, the Panthers lost, which is...
0: Banner, are, are, are the Sabres I, out? Are the Sabres out?
1: No, but my point is, by Friday, look, because they don't play till Friday, right? Which is amazing at this time of the year that, that, that there's four days yeah. in between. Yes, But guess who plays in those four days? Who has two games? The Pittsburgh Penguins play twice. So if Pittsburgh wins those two games, they go from 82 points to 86 points. I know you have games in hand.
2: Yeah, they're in Detroit tonight. Florida yeah. plays Toronto.
0: I, I, I'm Washington. Not even... Washington plays the Islanders,
1: I right? Mean, but I'm looking. I'm, I'm not even. I'm looking at the teams you have to catch, and that's yeah. Pittsburgh right now. I, I think the the Islanders win last night was huge for them to get to 85 points, so they might be out of reach. Who knows? But they they're playing shitty too. They might lose. And Listen, but my hope, I mean, if if Pittsburgh the wins the next Detroit,
2: two, Detroit and Nashville.
1: Yeah. So Pittsburgh wins those two. Now they go to 86 points, and you play your next game on Friday, and now you're eight points back. I know you have games in hand, yeah. but that's a big number. Yes, it is.
2: But if they yes, lose those games.
1: If those lose those games, uh, now you're now you're laughing. You're like, you holy are, shit, how are we still in this you with have our two record over hand the last and you'd be 20 five, games.
2: <laughs> five points back? It's crazy. That's it's it's one of the craziest endings to a season I've seen in actually probably both conferences too. I mean
1: Well, for me, it's the East because we talked, what, months or uh, six, four weeks ago, five weeks ago, like, oh, my God, this is a race with seven teams are in it, right? Like Detroit was still in it. Everyone's in it. I'm like, well, usually there's always a couple teams that go and grab it and go on a winning streak. Well, all these teams have a shitty record. Like no one's taken it. Like it's amazing that the Sabres are actually in it with the record they have had.
0: Yeah. They're what are they three, four, and three in the last ten games? They've been like that for a while. They bookended I mean, their
2: season with with shit streaks. They had the the eight game losing streak just shortly into the season when they were on fire, and then they have a shit streak when they're sitting right around a playoff spot.
1: But so does everyone else. Yeah, way, I mean, if I would have told you right the the ten games before that their record was going to be three, four, and one are they going to have a chance to make the playoffs? We would have laughed and be like, no, you're going to be in the draft lottery with that record. But every other team is losing around them.
0: Yeah. Well, that's, you know, Petey and I were talking about this morning before, before we came on and uh, it, it's crazy to think like the same, that the Sabres are still in this They <laughs> yeah, literally, it legitimately are still <laughs> in this. And, and I said, oh, we need to hope now. We just need, we, the Sabres need to take care of their business. Okay. I know it's that time of year. Games are so much t- tougher. You're starting to get, you know, these teams that are playing playoff mentality, which is a much different game. But at the same time, if the Sabres can take care of their business in the last nine games of the season. And, and then you just have to hope that one of those wild card teams just falls off Pittsburgh you know just starts to fall off loses three four games in a row you could be right in this and it could go right down to the wire but who
2: has know, the hardest go ahead thomas
1: no a week ago we talked about playoffs at the end of the show i believe it was and we said what would it take probably what in the past 94 95 points well i'm looking at this i that's a sh- i don't know if anyone can get to 94 95 like look, the Islanders are at 85 and they have seven games left. It's, it's, like this taking, year it might take 90 points to get it. 90, 90 ninety-one
2: points. 9091 points might get it, right? <laughs> Who
0: has the harder schedule? Penguin. 90 have... points is going to get you in the playoffs. <laughs> 90 points is going to get last gets, year. Last year, the wild it was card 102. Yeah, it was like a one. the the one the first wild card was 107. They get into the playoffs. Why- <laughs> it was 107 points. How is that even possible? I don't know. <laughs> uh neighbors got a chance, man. I'm telling you, they've got a chance.
1: Is Levi playing? You never answered me.
0: I would uh, hell no.
1: Hell yes.
0: You put the kid in. Why? Like, listen, the only reason, the only there's only one single freaking reason why that kid would play. One you guys want to guess what it is? One reason why this kid will play. Uh, yes. Game. Yes.
1: I would put him in. You know what my reasoning is, is I think it would give the team energy and they might actually play harder defensively because it's a young kid in net.
0: Okay. That's a good one. I'm thinking something a little different. I'm thinking more um, contractually when Kevin Adams makes a phone call to the agent and you start to discussing whether to pull this young guy out of college okay I think the negotiation side of things and I don't know if this is the way it works but I I would think that Levi's um representation is saying we will come out you're going to you're going to basically he signed a contract that is like he's first overall, right his it is bonus uh you know, full. What I'm trying to say is, I guarantee well i shouldn't I shouldn't guarantee my feeling and thought is that they agreed and said yes, we will come out, we will sign this contract, but we want to burn a year, and we want him to play one game in Buffalo.
1: I think it's already burnt. I believe he doesn't have to play a game just uh, by signing him.
0: That's right. Really? It's already
1: burnt.
2: Yeah. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. That was, there was that's been clarified. Then I know nothing. That's yeah, been, I think because well, of the, the rules age, are so, he is, there's so the, many the, goddamn The college
1: rules. rules are different because if you're a certain age coming out of college, it changes. If you are 18 or 19 out of college, you have to then you can you have that 10 game segment, right? Where a kid can play 9 games and then yes. go down. Okay. If you're I think 20 or 21, which Levi is the rules change. Then you sign and you burn that year without even playing. Shit. So he doesn't need to play. I, I would say I would play. If that's the case, don't-
0: I did not know this. And I'm going to tell you this. I was on Shred and this morning saying, absolutely not. I would not freaking play him, this and that, <laughs> because I'm thinking in my mind. That I don't want to burn a year on a young person's contract. I want them for three years, not for two years. Why would yeah. I burn a year and play him one game? That's the leverage that they have. Okay. Right, that's so fair. now, now that you're telling me this banner, mm-hmm. I want everybody to know who is listening to Shred and Reagan and listening to me talk in the last <laughs> two weeks about frigging Devin Levi. I think he should play every game the rest of the season. <laughs> i am not Um, shitting you guys when i say this that the my my thought was (laughs) i do not want to burn this kid's contract you are exhausting (laughs) this great if he's not playing on friday (laughs) night against the rangers i'm gonna lose my
1: shit (laughs) i just like i said i think i will play him obviously he's a good goalie i think the kid has a ton of swagger see what he's got. And I think the team in front of them, I think it, it's going to, it's going to bring them energy that they haven't had in a while. I really believe that.
0: Yeah. I I have some, uh, I know one of my buddies from back home, his son, who is, uh, committed to, uh, UMass, UMass Lowell has played with Devin Levi. um, and he was, he was saying ribs, you're not going to believe it when you see this kid play, you're not going to believe the way this kid mentally deals with this game. He goes, he is, he's something way different than any player that I've, my son's ever played with, or, or we've ever seen before his mental side of the game and how he prepares himself is on a completely different stratosphere. Good. And at this level. he goes, listen, he's shredded every single level, Petey. Yeah, I know. You know, he he he, he could have easily came out of college after his first year that he put up numbers that were so staggering. It was off the chart, right? He could have come out and to sign an NHL contract, but he wanted to go back and he wanted to be tested mentally. On the mental side of things, that's how this kid thinks. It's it's truly amazing, um, from what I've heard of him, he's a special, special kid, and uh, I can't wait to watch him. And, well, I, he's, and gonna, I can't he's gonna, gonna, gonna play nine
1: games now, so we'll watch he him. Better play can't nine wait. games. <laughs> is, I still Kevin Adams we... should be
0: fired if he doesn't play at least eight of the last nine.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I love it, Petey. We talked him into no, no way he can play. Now nice. he's.
2: And and in a matter of like, he was just on the radio show like half an hour ago. So it's.
1: Petey, ask ask Reeves again if the starting goalie come September is Devin Levi, and you never said the other guy. Let's
0: let's let's rephrase it. I think Devin Levi should, hundred thousand percent, he should start in an entire season in the minors. Hundred percent.
1: But what if what if uh he plays nine games and he goes eight and one and they make the playoffs and then he upsets Boston?
2: Maybe he's the next Cam Ward. Yeah. Throw him in the the last stretch, take gets you into the, end of the well, playoffs. listen, do
0: you remember how awesome Carolina was back in that time defensively? Uh, yeah. We they had do. like Ward only had to save fifteen shots a game. Because the defenseman blocked 35. You couldn't even get pucks through. Their mantra in Carolina with Rod the Bod fricking Brendamore and his defensive minded system and how they, their defense. I can still remember Glenn Wesley, Aaron Ward, all these guys blocking shots like it was like to save a life. And it it was incredible. You couldn't get shots through because they were blocking shots. The forwards and the defense were blocking shots. And and uh, Ward, I mean, he played really well. But oh my God, would you if you were a young def- uh, goaltender, that is the team you would want to start with. That's a wrap on another episode of After the
2: Whistle. Don't forget to follow us on Twitter after the whistle and at Greg fifty two at the Instigator seventy six.